Hey, this is TJ and I'm the lead pastor here at Revamp Church. Thanks for listening to our weekly sermon podcast. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you and helps you experience life change through Jesus. For more sermons like this, resources or opportunities to get connected, visit us at Revamp Church PTA on Facebook or Instagram. Let me greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped up this morning. Uh, It's been a while since we connected on Sundays. We uh, have been praying and just seeking God's face on uh, the clarity of direction uh, regarding, regarding our church. And we are also excited with this new series we about to uh in embark on and uh before we start with the word today and this new series that i'm so excited about um we just announced uh two weeks ago that will that we will be officially launching our church next year april uh 2022 Uh, And that is in seven months. Uh, uh, We are so excited with this next step we uh, or this next step we are taking as a church with God and a few of our partners. If you want to be part of what God is doing in and through this church, we can you can contact us via our social media platforms uh, at um, uh, Rivem Church. We currently working on our website as well where you'll be able to get more info uh, regarding our church. We will also be posting what we will be doing between now and before we launch and how you can get um, in, involved. Uh, with that being said, uh, can we quickly open our Bibles in the book of Acts? Acts chapter 6, we're reading from verse 1. Uh, to verse 7 and it reads as follows but as the believers rapidly multiplied there were rumblings of discontent Uh, so as the believers were exponentially growing uh, there were rumblings there were memoring of discontent the the greek-speaking believers complained about the hebrew speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food so the 12 called a meeting of all believers they said we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of god not running a food program and so brothers Uh, Select seven men who are well respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. In verse 5, everyone liked the idea and they chose the following. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, 
Parmenas and Nicholas of Antioch, and earlier converts to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the host, uh, to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. In verse 7, it reads, So God's message continue, uh, continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Lord, we thank you for your word, that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, may your word challenge us, Lord, uh, to move powerfully with you, to advance uh, with you, to advance, to advance in our spiritual growth with you, to advance in every faculty of our lives. Father, we appreciate you. We honor you in the season that we are in. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. So, we are starting a brand new series this morning called Next Level. Next Level. The reason for this series is where God is taking us as a church and as individuals. We believe that as we go into launch and move into a new season, God wants to advance us as his children. God wants to advance us as his children. God's desire for us as his people is for us to be growing. It's for us to be advancing and moving from one level of grace to the next. Uh, or one level of victory to, to another. We can't be uh, static or stationary about our journey with, with God. As, as Christians and as a church, we are to grow from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And what does that what does it mean to move from, from, from glory to glory? If we read the book of Second Corinthians uh, chapter 3 verse 18, it says, and, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And some translation says we are being transformed from glory to glory. Hallelujah. It is to be ever increasing in, in glory uh, uh, to to ever uh, increase in glory is to be uh, continually changed into what you were created to be it is to be conformed to his likeness it is it, it is increasing in the character and the nature of God as we move to the next level as a church and as individuals we want to increase in his character and nature. We want to increase in God's character and nature. I pray that in this series that God will align us to advance, to be more and more like him. Hallelujah. To be more and more like him. Like him. There is nothing as frustrating in life as moving but without making progress when you are in motion but no momentum to propel you 
forward or to move you to the next level of your relationship with God. There are some of you who have been busy but made no progress. Maybe some of you have been diligent but there is no development. God wants to change that. He wants to move you to the next level. And the first thing we want to talk about today as we move to the next level is staying in your lane. Staying in your lane. Many of us have probably heard this phrase before. We ha- we, we've heard it shouted at us by, by, by friends while we are driving. We, we've heard it said to us by family member to mind our own business, saying, you know, hey, TJ, you just, you need to stay in your lane. But, but this phrase is relevant also in life. Staying in your lane simply means sticking to what you know and with what you are good at. Sticking to what you know and what you are good at. I believe this also applies with our relationship with God and how he wants to advance us or how he wants to move us to the next level. Staying in our lane with God means staying in our gifts. It means staying in our gift mix. Staying in our lane in this context is sticking with the gifts that God has blessed you with and doing your best to maximize them, to to, to maximize them so that you may move or so that we may move to the next level. He has given you abilities. He has given you and me spiritual gifts. He has given you and me personality traits and life experiences that he knew you would need to accomplish what he has called you for. Hallelujah. And one of the things I've observed that I have observed with people who um, have advanced in, in, in life is that they are not good with many things, but they know what they're good at and do those things in a big way. And let me, let me repeat that. One of the observations that, that I have made in life is is uh, people who have achieved or who are achieving in life, who are growing in life, it's 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 it's, it's in life is that they 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 are not good at they're not good with many things, but they know what they're good at and do those things in a big way. So in part one of our series staying in your lane i want to teach on how you can set aside the things you are not good at so you can focus on what will help you get to the next level allow me this morning on our series next level that on this day to teach on staying in your lane and the idea is to set aside the things you are not good at so that you can focus on what will help you get to the next level. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we thank you. So before we get to speaking about um, the three things to do uh, to stay in your lane and move to the next level, I want us to catch this. When you are operating in your lane, when you are operating in your gift mix, when you are operating in your personality trait, when you are operating in your talent, you have confidence. You enjoy what you are doing. And most importantly, you are good at it. The question now is, what happens when you try operating outside your lane? A good example is what happened to the early Christians in the book of Acts. In Acts 6, the chapter that we just read. The Bible says in, in Acts 6 verse 1, it says, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. That the Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in uh, the daily distribution of food. So, um, so uh, they, they were not their widows were not were not uh, they, they, they did not receive uh, their fair share of, of food. So the early church had a predicament where their own success was wearing them out. The church was growing exponentially. And they were having a hard time keeping up with the responsibilities of a growing church. The administration was becoming a mess and needs were not being met. So the Greek-speaking believers, their widows were being neglected when food was distributed. Maybe for you, the issue is not a growing church. Maybe it's a growing family. Maybe it's a busy schedule. Or growing responsibilities at work or maybe you've been trying to work hard harder but still find yourself self uh, 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 slipping further behind you, you feel overwhelmed as you jump from plight to plight and from crisis to crisis and I want to tell you that there is a better way so how did the apostle uh, apostles uh, respond to this uh, to this dilemma they, they, they called a meeting they called a meeting of all believers and told them to appoint seven men who could oversee the handing out of food so this is what they said when the plan was suggested they said we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God not running a food program except uh, 6 verse 2. You see, the disciples realized that they can continue ministering to the widow's needs themselves or they could delegate and focus on what they were good at. They can continue ministering to the widow's needs themselves, which they were not really good at doing that because they was a discrimination there or they could they could delegate and focus on what they were good at in which of was praying and also you know uh, 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 um uh, studying the word so 
Three things. Today I want to share about three things. Three things. Uh, three things to do uh, to stay in your lane and move to the next level and move to where God uh, uh, wants you to be and advance from glory to glory, advance from victory to victory. And the number one thing uh, to do to stay in your lane and move to the next level is do less, not more. Do less, not more. One of the things I realized as a leader of Revem Church is that I can't do everything alone. I can't do everything alone. As much as the thought is tempting, I've come uh, to the realization that I can't do everything alone. My mentor once told me that do what you are great at and delegate things that you are not good at. Doing less can many times be more productive than doing more. We live in a world where doing more seems like an ideal thing. If you feel stressed, if you feel overwhelmed and bent out, chances are you are doing too much. You are doing too much. If you want to achieve more, you must get used to the idea of doing less. You got to be able to narrow down your focus. That's what doing less means. Being able to narrow down your focus. So the next level of your advance, your advancement with your relationship with God is when one narrows down their focus. Narrowing, uh, narrowing down your focus uh, 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 by focusing on your God-given abilities, by focusing on your spiritual gifts, by focusing on your personality traits. God can do some great things through you when you focus on what he has gifted you with. So the disciples realized that they were doing more and losing focus on things that really needed their attention. People who advance in life are not lucky, are not luckier or better or more skilled. They just do less than you. They narrow down their focus to what God has given them. So number one is do less, not more. Number two, identify your core competencies. Identify your core competencies. What makes you stand out? What makes you stand out? Core competencies tells what God has equipped you to do well and point the way forward. So if you want to move to the next level of your relationship with God, the next level in your job or marriage, one needs to focus on what they do well. What do you do well? We find that there are people who spend their lives doing things they don't enjoy and are not good at at all. When you are an eye, you cannot force to do the work of an ear no matter how close you are to it. Uh, Let me repeat that for you. When you are an eye, you cannot force to do the work of an ear no matter how close you are to it. 
does where you are involved whether in a job or pioneering a business does your job or your business reflect your skills does it reflect your gift mixed are you in your lane are you in your lane listen understanding your core competencies understanding what makes you stand out can put you on a path to finding fulfillment in what you do one of the reason i really i rarely feel overwhelmed is because i enjoy what i do with my time i enjoy honestly speaking i enjoy what i do with my time whenever i feel overwhelmed is because i have allowed my intention to be i mean my my attention to be diverted to areas outside my core passions and abilities having said that the danger uh um again on focusing only on your strengths uh one can easily fall into uh the habit of of coasting or, or getting by without reaching your potential for example god wired me to be a teacher and a speaker this is good because i'm able to speak and teach without preparing this comes in handy when i'm invited or, or asked to speak on a short notice but this can also be a negative thing because one needs to resist the temptation to neglect study time if i speak or teach without preparing my message can be uh, uh, my message can be uh, 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 acceptable but it won't be nearly as good if i would have prepared diligently can you see the difference there so we need to challenge ourselves you need to challenge yourself to become better at what you are naturally proficient or gifted at you need to make an effort to develop your natural gifts to be a good steward of our talents one need to invest in books you need to invest in mentors and increase your knowledge and expertise stay in your lane and focused on your and on and focus on your gift trust god to develop them to their highest potential by doing so you will discover um the, the the emotional fulfillment of knowing you are doing what you were born to do uh, observe what happened when the disciples delegated uh, the important task of taking care of the widows and concentrating uh, 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 their efforts on teaching uh, their, 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 their primary calling observe what happened the bible says if you read acts 6 verse 7 the bible says so the word of god spread the numbers of disciples in jerusalem increased rapidly and the number of priests became obedient to their faith why because the disciples delegated the important task of taking care of the widows and concentrated their efforts and focused on their primary calling they 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 focused on their gifts they focused on what god has gifted them with hallelujah 
Hallelujah. And the last point I want to make this morning is uh, building others by delegating. So number one is number one thing for us to stay in our lane and move to the next level. We need to do less, not more. Number two, we need to identify uh, our core competencies. What makes you, what makes you and I stand out? And number three is build others by delegating. As I've mentioned on, on, uh, 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 on my first point, do less, not more, that one of the things my, mentors, uh, my mentor said to me was to delegate tasks. There is power in delegating. I cannot emphasize this enough. There is power in delegating. When you delegate tasks to people, you help them to grow. You help them to develop. As a church, to build those around us, we need to give them specific and challenging tasks. We realized that by having a church, a church is not uh, uh, advanced by 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 a pastor alone it's advanced by a community of believers because of the gifts that god has given in the body of believers when we look at the book of acts one of the men chosen to help distribute food to the uh, to the widows was stephen in acts uh, 6 verse 5 although he had a humbling beginning as a food server to the widows he went on to be a powerful evangelist and ultimately the first martyr. What do I mean by the first martyr? The first Christian to die for his faith. Think about it. Would Stephen and others ever have been called to leadership if the disciples hadn't delegated the task of saving the widows? Think about it. I found most people, especially ministers, are overwhelmed by all the jobs that needs to be done. They forget that God wants them to delegate some of those jobs to others because he's trying to get them done. Uh, I love what uh, Bill Cornelius said. Bill Cornelius said something profound. He said, people use people to get tasks done. But God uses tasks to get people done. People use people to get tasks done. But God uses tasks to get people done. Meaning, delegation is about getting more done. But it's also about building others up. also about building others up this morning i want to leave you with these questions that you need to ask yourself what are the things you do at work that matters the most for us to move to the next level for us to advance whether with our relationship with god whether at work whether in marriage whether with family what are the things you do at work that matters the most. Ask yourself the same question about the things you do at home and with your family. What are the things you do that matters the most? 
Another question I'll ask you is, what things are you doing that are keeping you from focusing on your core competencies? What are the things are you doing? What things are you doing that are keeping you from focusing on what makes you stand out, on your core competencies? Another question that I will ask you is, what are you doing that someone else could do as well or better? See, when you are uh, uh, operating at peak performance, either at work or at home, what activities are you focusing on? What drives you then? What drives you then? See, one of the things I'm quickly realizing is that I'm smart enough to know that I'm not that smart. <laughs> I'm smart enough to know that I'm not smart. So our desire as a church is to hire or seek volunteers that are better than us, that are more gifted than us, and create room for people to be used by God in those platforms. I also often surround myself with people who know things I don't know and who have skills I don't have. So I encourage you to surround yourself with people who know things that you don't know who have skills that you do not have, whether at work, whether with marriage, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not afraid to ask for help. When we open ourselves up to the possibility uh, of letting others help us, we may be surprised to see the help God has already provided. Let me repeat that. Maybe somebody did not hear me. Hear me. When we open ourselves up to the possibility of letting others help us, we may be surprised to see the help God has already provided. And we want to open the door as a church of letting others help us build this life-giving church. Remember what happened when the disciples delegated and stayed in their lane. When they delegated the task of food distribution, the Bible says God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the, Jew, uh, the Jewish priests were converted too. So there was exponential growth. There was growth. There was adv advancement in, in ministry. And I pray that God may advance you as you apply these principles in your life. As you apply these principles in your workplace. As you apply these principles in your relationship with him. As you apply these principles in your marriage. As you apply these principles in your business. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word in season, O oh Father. Lord, we thank you. We appreciate you. We shall back you. We tahila you. We thank you for challenging us this morning so that we may move to the next level, Lord. The next level of our growth. The next level of promotion, Lord. Lord, you want to promote us, Lord. But there's certain things that we need to put in place for us to be better prepared for what you are advancing us for, Lord, oh God. 
And we thank you this morning, Lord, for showing us this glimpse, for showing us these blueprints, oh Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, have your way, Lord. Holy Spirit, continue directing us and guiding our footsteps as we advance to be more and more like our Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.